and I think activate as well. Yeah. Hey, so kia ora I'm Colin. We are starting a series we call Simple September, um, which I am reliably told, I was told that somebody went to their parents and called it, what a spastic name. <laughs> so um, um, I've got no idea if you're allowed to say that now, but um, welcome to our spastic series, um, Simple September. The, the idea is we're just going to, for a month, we're going to listen to things um, that are outside of our normal culture. So that there's a kind of prevailing current of our culture. We're going to listen to some voices that are outside of that. It, it's part of Paul tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're kind of trying to listen to where is the pattern of the world like this, and where does God have something to say that guts at cross purposes. Now, in doing that, I, I've got a couple of requests. One is, please give me the benefit of the doubt. When you do this... Um, you often get it wrong, or you hear something and you think, oh, he must mean that. Just wait with it a bit, because it's hard to critique your own culture. It, it, it's, we, we take it all for granted. So in September, we're doing four Sundays. Each one is based on something where there's a sense of our culture is telling us all the time to do this, and here's another voice, a voice from God. We might... You know, say, it's a chance for us to throw off the things that hinder and entangle. But nobody really, oh, um, can we swap over to the Mac? Is that going to magically work? Um, yes, we put the note up for the card, and cool. Um, and now, just to be clear, simplicity isn't about not wanting stuff. It's not a fun sucker game. Si simplicity is about what we want. And sometimes in today's world, it's about wanting something a bit deeper. So if you want a simple example, anybody remember as a kid taken to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal? And that toy, wasn't that toy wonderful? And you wanted, but, the, but a while later, um, you turn up parent, it's just like, can we just get rid of these plastic toys? Because you don't keep playing with them. They're, we're looking for some things that last longer than a Happy Meal toy that have more depth to them than that. But to do this, I need some help. Kieran, can I get you to come up and help for a moment? Um, I'm, I've asked Kieran to be a demonstration model for me. Um, so there's a mic for you here. And uh, what I'd like you to do, Kieran, is um, take this glass of water, mm -hmm. and if you can just hold it out like that, arm's length, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, and, just, and while you're doing it... How long do I have to do this for? If you could just keep doing it. Okay. And, and, and that's a light glass, eh? It's, it's not going to be a problem for him. You're a muscular man. Um, now, <laughs> while you're doing that, I know that... Um, uh, actually, The Simpsons is no longer the cartoon program. What's the cartoon program of choice now? Um, I, I like the Flintstones. They're cool. Um, the Flintstones? There's, there's another one. There's that futuristic one. I can't remember the name. Uh, that's an old school one. Uh, the oh, Jetsons. Yeah, the Jetsons, it. yes. The Jetsons. I want to play you a tiny bit of The Jetsons. Who here remembers The Jetsons? Oh, yes, all the older hands. How many young people see the Jetsons? Think Simpsons or Futurama in the 60s.
Okay, so if you haven't seen the Jetsons before, it was built uh, in the 1960s, 1962 it started, believe it or not. Yeah, the earlier that. Had a run similar to The Simpsons, went on for a long time. And there's an ongoing gag in it. There's this high level of technology in it. And um, George Jetson, um, he works, anybody want to guess how many days a week he works? Two days a week. One hour a day. They had this view, and his wife, all she does is shop. She has a maid, a mechanical maid, Rosie, who does all the work. Their vision of the future was that we would have this amazing technology, and it would free up our time so that our life would be full of leisure. Can I just check, is that anybody's life experience? <laughs> Not right now. Yes, it is for some. It is for some. How's, how's it going? Yeah, you're yeah, good. 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 Just keep talking, just faster. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Would you like to put it down? I'm all right at the moment. Okay, good, good man. Okay, what it turns out, we work more hours than we ever used to. And this is in part because of what technology did, but their dream was that technology would free us. And we have labour-saving devices like dishwashers and washing machines and dryers and more computing power in this watch than sent men to the moon. So we should have all this leisure, and we should be relaxed and unstressed, like the Jetsons. And we're not. We're busier. In fact, here's my uh, impression of a cartoon that sums it up. Is that Yep, yep. Turns out that when they're doing surveys on how busy people feel, since 2008, um, and even before then, it's found when they ask people, they're all saying, I'm busier than I was last year. I'm busier than I was last year. In fact, my busyness is stopping me from doing recreation. It's stopping me from sleeping. It's stopping me from... Did you change arms? Oh, you cheater! Okay, you can put the glass down. Put the hit table, put the glass. Thank you, Kieran. We're going to hear from Kieran a little bit later. It turns out, now this is pr probably mostly for people in the age brackets 30 to 60, so in kind of the working or raising families age, but it turns out that we are busier and more stressed than we've been before. And in fact, there's quite high levels of anxiety about this. So if we look at the Bible, is there any occasion where you see this? Well, yes. There is a time when more and more was asked and less was given. And it happens when the people of Israel are slaves in Egypt. They put slaves' masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They make their lives bitter with harsh labor and brick and mortar and all kinds of work. The Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. So, obviously, the people of Israel, the Jews at the time, are feeling a bit hard done by. Does God not care? Well, it, we tell, it tells us, Exodus 3, 7, God does care. I see the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned for their suffering. So what God does is he picks Moses. Moses, go and tell Pharaoh... Well, okay, you'd have to lip read to do it. But he did say, let my people go. Not sure what happened there. We'll to, yep. He was concerned about their suffering. And actually, Pharaoh's response is, okay, now they have to do the same, but with less. Now they're not even going to get straw to help make bricks. So why I'm mentioning this is that's what our life seems to feel like today. We are busier and busier and in more of a rush. We celebrate Labor Day every year. Labor Day is celebrating... 40-hour working week and not working weekends. Straw poll, here, who here works 
who here is in paid employment, works a 40-hour week and gets all their weekends off? Yeah, less than we're just all insanely jealous. Did you see the lack of forest of hands? There are a few. We've lost what we celebrate at Labor Weekend. And I'm not proposing we stop celebrating it because I like their weekend off. But we've lost it. Instead, we have this technology that we take everywhere with us and it hounds us. You can't get away from it. Try and take Mike away to somewhere and see him put his, his cell phone down and not answer it. Sorry, Mike, that was unfair. Okay. Um, and we're told that whatever we are saving, it's not enough, is it? Because there won't be superannuation or pensions. or it, So there is this fear. We are, I think, in the paper last week, bus driver companies were saying the only way that they can make the contracts they have is to pay their drivers less and make them work more hours. What they're saying is, we're not going to give them straw to make the bricks anymore. Do you does anyone recognize that feeling? It's because in the Egyptian empire, the message was it's never enough. And so too, I think our world says this, it's never enough. In fact, if you want a little litmus test for us, um, we are used to cell phones, and there's two things you watch on a cell phone. One is, how's your battery charge? You know, first thing you do when, you go to a new, when you're going on a camp, look for the power adapter that you can charge your cell phone on. Second thing when you're buying a cell phone now is you have to think about how much storage you'll need, which is capacity. So here's a quick guideline I stole of capacity overload when you're trying to do too much. Well, they reckon if you kind of do too much, you have difficulty controlling your emotions. They reckon you tend not to do self-care very well. They reckon you'll get ill. And when I first started working, working long hours, um, Paul, I got married to Linda. Poor Linda had to put up with the fact that every holiday we took, I spent the first week being sick. And there'll be other people going, yeah, that's me. And it's a sign that you've been living in capacity overload that you're overextended. Chronic lateness, if you're always late because you're trying to squeeze too much in, it's a sign that maybe you're a bit packed. We tend to self-medicate if there's far too much pressure on you. Um, well, some, for some it's drink, for some it's chocolate. Um, you know what you binge on. These are indicators. When we're under that pressure, we neglect important relationships. This is often the setting where you see a marriage and the trust slowly turning to rust. And almost inevitably, we tend to neglect God in the mix. So, just for yourself, how's your capacity overload meter going? Where are you at on it? Don't tell the person next to you. That's just for you. So, when God rescued the people of Israel from slavery, he laid out some ways to live that were designed to help people not live as slaves. Oh, these are just the pictures of God rescuing the people of Israel from slavery. That was good, wasn't it? Hope you enjoyed that. And here's one of them. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord. Anyone heard that before? Yep. I won't ask for a show of hands who people who go, yes, I keep the Sabbath. In fact, I don't want to focus specifically on a day but I'd like to say some time, okay? Because I want to recognize the world we live in. The Bible thinks work is good. 
that what you do on Monday, Tuesday has value, but you shouldn't be doing it 24-7. Six days you should labor. And the seventh, the seventh day is a Sabbath, and I love this. It, what kind of Sabbath is it? To the Lord. It's a day out with direction. So it's not just kind of for itself, but it's to the Lord. Um, I'm turning my face to look at Kieran. Hi. How's your arm? Good? Yep, excellent. Pleased to hear it. And in contrast, the voice of the empire says you can't do that because it's never enough. So on the Sabbath, you shall not do any work, neither will your sons or daughter, son or daughter or your male or female servant. So not the servants nor your animals. The donkey gets a break. How cool is that? Good if you're a donkey. Nor any foreigner. So um, sorry, guys, all of you who want to have the um, immigrant workers um, running all our fast food joints and feeding us on that day. They're saying, no, 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 no. Everybody gets a break on this day. And why? Well, in Exodus 20, it tells us for in six days God made the heavens and the earth, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, we should do it because this is what God is like. Now, in New Zealand, of course, it used to be New Brighton. This is how New Brighton operated, wasn't it? That um, you had um, trading Monday to Friday in town, and Saturday they traded. Did they, were they open Sunday as well? No, because actually we had this idea in our culture now, what I don't want to do this morning is enter into the debate about whether or not Sabbath should be observed on Saturday, the true seventh day according to the Jewish pattern, or Sunday, which was set apart by earliest Christians for the Lord's Day, because I don't think being legalistic helps us here. Okay? I recognize there's a debate there, and you, you can fight about it. Um, I do want to say that when Jesus is pushed about this stuff, he says, listen, the Sabbath was made for people, actually made to help us not people made for Sabbath. And that when Paul is pushed about what happens on what day, he comes back. Now, he's not specifically talking to Sabbath, but he comes back and says, listen, one person considers one day more sacred than another, and another day considers every day alike. It's okay to, them to have this difference. His line, notice the similarity to the Sabbath. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He says it's got to do with direction which is the conversation I'd like us to try and have here. We're told a little bit more. Right? We've had the six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, rested on the seventh day, so God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We should stop because God stopped. And here's another reason that we should try and take a break. We're told in Deuteronomy, remember you were slaves in Egypt. Therefore, and how God led you out. Therefore, the Lord God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. So why should we celebrate? Why should we take a break? Because we're not slaves anymore. Because we don't mean to, but we make ourselves slaves. It works like this. You go into work and the boss is looking unhappy and you think, oh, they might be about to lay someone off. I don't want it to be me, so I better be seen to work harder than the people around me. So you work harder. And then that happens again. And soon you're working a 50-hour week, 60-hour week, 70. You've made yourself a slave because you're not willing to trust that what you do will be enough. Ministers do this. We're famous for this. And um, may I be clear here? I'm not speaking to you as someone who thinks he's got his act together. I live with real discomfort around this, trying to find a good balance. 
But this is the one that gets me. In Exodus, they add this, just this one little bit. Talking about Sabbath, it will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and earth. And could you read this last part with me? And on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Hang on. God was refreshed like he'd got depleted somehow or another. He was exhausted. Does that fit? Actually, there's an Old Testament scholar, Brueggemann, who says the literal Hebrew word behind here is God was re-selfed. Something that happens when we rest, we can re-self. So we should rest because God did it. We should rest, take time out, because we're not supposed to be slaves. We're supposed to, we know we're not supposed to be slaves. And we should rest because even God was re-selfed. There's a re-selfing that goes on in us. And not just us, but the people around us and our ox and our donkey and those of you who have slaves or um, um, exchange students staying with you. <laughs> The thing is, it's supposed to be work, 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 rest. And what our world says to us is just skip the last part. Yep. And sometimes we're saying it. Okay. One step further in this is to say that remember the people of Israel are in, have escaped, they're traveling towards the promised land and there's manna falling from heaven and they have this little thing that on Saturday sorry, the day before the Sabbath, they get twice as much manna as they need and it keeps for the next day. There is a statement of trust in Sabbath. I'm trusting that it will be enough. And again, I think that's hard for us. Marvadorn reckons this. She's a writer about this. For Sabbath, you're supposed to stop. Stop working, stop worrying. Stop getting overly possessive. Stop trying to control. We're supposed to rest the body and the mind. We're supposed to embrace. That's the towards. How can I lean towards God? And the last one she gets is feasting. I like this feasting. Turns out that um, some of the Jewish writers who write about this say, it is a sin to be sad on the Sabbath. Now, okay, if you're feeling a bit depressed, that's a pretty harsh statement. So can we just soften that a little bit? What they're trying to say is, you're taking a break, so take a break. In fact, if you can, take a break from sadness a bit. Just see if you can go, this is not who I am. Try not to be a slave. I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if I can do that. She defines it as a day to do what you want to do, not what you ought to do. Does that make sense? What I want to do, what I was made for, not what I ought to do. A day to step out of all the shoulds. A day to celebrate. <coughs> Turn off the news from outside for a moment. Listen to the news from above and from inside. And yes, there's this thing about trusting God. Or to put it in simple terms, they use this now to talk about all sorts of things. Sure, you can hold the glass up for a long period of time, but your arm is going to get sore. So put the glass down. You can pick it up again. But put it down. Give yourself, give everyone a break. 
Nobody likes, well, um, I'm not a great company when I'm overworking. Now, I'm sure no one else has this problem. Nobody else gets ratty and that kind of stuff. But it, it's not good for the people around me. Now, I, I invited Karen to uh, come and reflect on this. So, Karen, can I give you a mic? You can take this one. Tell us a bit about what Sabbath looks like for you. Oh, sorry. So, um, Colin asked me to, to reflect on the Sabbath and what it means to me. And um, so it's, it's like he said before, it's, it's resting. It's taking that time with God. And um, some of us, we need to ask that question, what does rest look like? How do I rest? Because that's often the difficult question. We can, we can sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day, but that's not really resting, is it? That's just us stopping. And I find even somebody like me, I'm a very strong extrovert. So if I, if I sit down on the couch all day and I watch Netflix, I feel worse than if I was to go hang out with my friends all day or spend time with God that day. So it's learning how you are and, and the, way, the effective ways that you rest. So um, the truth is that the Sabbath is just one of life's greatest pleasures, and we kind of neglect that pleasure. It's like we're so busy and so caught up in our lives that we don't, we don't chase after it like, like they used to back in Jesus' time. Um, we don't place as much significance on it. Um, but truthfully, it's, it's that time with yourself and God. It's that time that, that makes you feel good. Um, but also the truth is life is messy and it's difficult sometimes for us to get, um, get into those spaces where we connect with God. Um, and we need the Sabbath more than ever at this time because it's, it's this whole anxiety around our work life and our family life and where do we fit God into that? So we, we live in a world that demands so much of us. We are asked all the time to be busy um, because busyness leads to successfulness. But if we're busy all the time, are we really being productive in what we're doing? So... Um, we see so many cases of people just burning out and people just not, um, not living their best life because they just forget the power that Jesus has and the power that he has to heal us and to um, fulfill us in ways that we never even dreamed of. So um, what I ask you guys is what does the Sabbath look like to you? I've got a couple of examples. Um, does the Sabbath look like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with a friend? Um, have a cup of coffee with, coffee with Jesus. Um, take your Bible, start to read that, and start to mull over his word. Um, is that what it looks like to you? Do you need a friend on your Sabbath? Do you need to embrace your childish side? Do you need to have the love and affection of a father? I know it's Father's Day, so um, yeah, that's, it's relatable, but do you need, do you need the, love, the love of your father um, with you on that Sabbath day to feel replenished? Or do you need a little adventure in your life? Are you an outdoorsy person? Do you like to get in touch with nature? Um, so, yeah, just go outside and just really embrace um, embrace what God has for you. So um, the Sabbath is also about just getting to know Jesus better. And how do you get to know somebody better? You spend time with them. You ask them questions, okay? Um, I, last week, actually just the other day, I went to Akaroa, okay? So I went, um, I had a few friends there was about 10, 11, 12 of us over in Akaroa. And I was still back in Christchurch, and I just went out for the day with, um, and I got asked, hey, do you have room in your car? Um, can you take, um, let's call this guy Sean, because that's his name. Um, th do, can you take Sean in your car with you? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? Um, but 
I'm, I'm friends with Sean. I, I know him, um, but we're not, we're not that close. So I thought, okay, well, how am I going to sit in a car for an hour and 20 minutes and carry on a conversation with him? Um, so I just keep asking questions, um, just getting to know him, just getting to flesh out like, um, how he's put together. Um, and then all of a sudden, this conversation just started flowing, and he started asking questions back, and then I started responding more, and before you know it, we were just at our destination. So it's, the Sabbath is about asking those questions and wondering what God has to say. So if you ask those questions, he's going to answer them, and then you might find that he asks you questions back and wants to know what you have to say about things. So um, we're changing people. We change a lot. So sometimes what we need out of our Sabbath changes. So um, we desire different things in our different stages of life. So do you need that coffee with a friend? Do you need your father to give you a hug? Do you need a little adventure in your life? Okay, what we need changes. Uh, when you do it, changes. Because we're not, we're not asking you to just block out one day. Let's say, Sunday, we're going to completely block that out. We don't want to ask that of you. We just want you to just look at your week and think, when can I actually take some time just me and God? Um, so when you need changes, but who you do it with never changes. You always need Jesus. Cool. Well, thanks. So I want to just try and be a little bit practical here. I'm going to give you some ideas. I'd like you to be thinking what you could do about this, and there'll be a little bit of a gap when I'll ask just if anybody has ideas. What we're talking about is some time, some time that isn't about you doing, some time that is about resting, some time, and look, for me, I find this really difficult because, hey, I'm a professional Christian, um, and so how does my relationship with God not be work? Because one of the things about Sabbath is it's not supposed to be work. There's supposed to be some celebration in it. So here's some thoughts, things we could try. Um, here's a tough one. Pick a period of time, turn off your technology. Um, you may find that difficult. That might tell you something about your relationship to um, your slave status. Pick a day a week. Don't read your email or Facebook. Just stay off it. I know this is getting incredibly hard. Um, plan something fun that you would enjoy. A day, a time to do what you want to do, not what you should do. Try and have an unrushed meal with others. The feasting side of Sabbath is something we've tended to forget. I don't know about you guys, but when I became a Christian, when I heard about Sabbath, there were a lot of shoulds in the mix, not a lot of celebration, not a lot of sense of this could be a joy. And most of my discussions have been, um, I've heard of the line, um, too many shoulds and you could die of a hardening of the arteries. <laughs> Thank you. I made that one up, so I made you groan. Okay. <laughs> Take some time asking the question, how can I have a break towards God? A break that has direction. Um, I, I do, and I genuinely would suggest where you can without it being work, journaling your thoughts is helpful. Um, we'll take a rest. Um, one of the lies in today's world is that busy people are important, aren't they? You know, biz the really important people are time poor, rushing from place. In Hong Kong, we used to catch the Star Ferry. 
It's like five, ten minutes to get from one side of the harbour to the other. Two minutes before it docks, I've tipped some water out of this, everybody would get up and go to the side it disembarked on, so the ferry would be coming in and it would go like this as everybody rushed over because you had to, you know, didn't want to waste a second in getting off. It's part of our culture. That time's not that important to us. We're not, we're not getting any more or less than anyone else. I recommended reading a psalm, not maybe 100 and some, 19, but one that's a bit shorter, and going for a walk. No other agenda. Just taking time. Oh, so has anyone else got ideas as to what they could do for, I'm talking about some time. I'm not saying a whole day. Ideas or comments? Say it loudly, otherwise people don't hear. Part of our problem with the Sabbath is we are a very task-oriented society, and that's how our society tries to make us. So do things without a purpose. That are, uh, yeah, play golf, aimless. Aim <laughs> play golf every day. <laughs> Purposely do things without a purpose. I was just thinking that one of the things we need to do is actually give ourselves permission, because it feels to me that one of the first questions you're asked by people is, oh, have you had a busy week? And if you say no, it's like somehow you're inadequate or you're not. So to actually give yourself permission to be and not do is probably the first step for, well, me anyway. I um, went to a chaplain's, uh, yep, Josh, come up front so we can, um, I went to a chaplain's conference with a guy called Mike Walker, anyone, who um, sadly has passed away. He had a t-shirt printed for his chaplaincy that said, loitering with intent. Great line, loitering with intent. Um, not, could be, sound creepy, but no. Um, uh, but he made a comment, this thing about busy people are important. He said, whenever he is asked, so I'm suggesting this to you, he says he tries never to use the word busy. He now, when someone asks him how was his day, if it was a busy day, oh, I used the word, he says it was full. Because that's, it's okay for a day to be full. You're not, you're not expressing stress or that kind of stuff. I really commend that. I thought it was really good language. Josh? Uh, just whatever it feels like you can do. Whatever it feels like you want to do. I'm guessing that surfing is sometimes part of that. Yes. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, oh, yep, okay. It's, it's just, oh, that's loud. It's just about enjoyment. It's just something that you, you feel energised by. So if I feel energised by hanging out with my friends or, um, or doing something in particular, like going out on an adventure, then that's what energises you. That's what, that's what your rest is. Doing your hobby, like painting or fishing in Bill's situation. <laughs> or painting fish. Doing my favourite hobby, sleep. S sleep, yeah. Actually, um, a lot of us live in a constantly sleep-deprived state because we're so busy. Um, talked about days of R&R, &R, rest and recreation, and a really good question is what recreates you? It's re-self, but what does it actually take to recreate what you need inside you for the next... Okay, this was our topic. It was about rest and recreate. 
we should be thinking about Sabbath or a break because God does it, because we're not supposed to be slaves to work or anything else. We were set free, so don't become slaves. Because God, it, God's self required a, a re-selfing. We're supposed to have some kind of a leaning towards God that is not work. This sermon requires some assembly. Um, this is where I'm going to stop. I'm going to pray, and if I can have the team come up. I'd really, um, we printed notes, well, we'll have notes for this week, for the, uh, this month. I'd really love you to pick up this discussion. Ask other people, what recreates you? What's fun? When did you last do it? And then if you're really wanting to act on this, pull out your calendar. Make a date, a time, to take some time out. Yep? Sound like a reasonable plan? I'll pray when you have the team up. Um, God, thank you that you are not a slave master. You are not cracking the whip unrealistically. Um, thank you that your love and grace. With Sabbath, we are re-saying that you are God and in charge and control, and we are not. So we stop and rest and refresh. But our world tells us other things. Help us to say no to those voices. Carve us and call us out from our busy, frenetic, anxious, worried lives to spend time being with you. Because that's what your kingdom is like. Amen. The team's going to come and lead us in a couple of songs. Little. Okay, thanks. Just 